Good job. Today's stop is Samachet, uh, we pick up with the Mishnah at the bottom of Samach Zayin Amadbet. We are uh, continuing now with the Avoda. So we have uh, talked about uh, sending the goat out, about, uh, about, uh, go, about the person who actually would bring it to the edge, push it over, um, and uh, the fact that the Torah says the Begadim become Tamei, the Torah says, the Mishnah says, when is that? So one opinion is when it gets thrown over, but the majority opinion is when it gets to the Midbar, Hamasham Leah So um, when it leaves Yerushalayim, um, and uh, you know that's uh, also as we discussed the concept about three questions: when did he have it? Is it what's the minimum needed in order to be Yotze the Avoda? There maybe it even drops dead after the Vidui. Number two, one is it considered Yotza Mitzvasa? Would you fulfill the Mitzvah? That uh, maybe as soon as it leaves Yerushalayim. Or, and then the third question is when actually, you know, the, 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 the completion of it, pushing it off the cliff, what stage does the string become red? Um, within that, um, that also um, seems to possibly be dependent whether it got, came red when it got into the Midbar, did it get red when it came out, went over the cliff? So how the kapara, how the sense of the full atonement corresponds to the doing of the mitzvah? We, this is something that we will revisit um, today. Let's take a look now at the next Mishnah on the bottom of Samach Zayin Amad Bet. Balo so he sent, now we're back to the Kohen Gadol. We had been talking about this Ishiti, but we're back to the Kohen Gadol. He sent this goat to go with this man who's now taking it over the cliff. Um, he now turns his attention to the goat and the, um, and the, and the ox. He, the one he did the whole ritual of blood. Remember, that's what he just finished. Just to remind us all, the first ritual he did, well, first he shechted the ox, but then he did the whole thing about the incense, then he did the blood of the ox, then he did the blood of the goat, um, you know, and then he did it, uh, not only in the Kodesh Kedashim, on the Parochet, the Omoe, Mizbeach, he poured it at the base of the outer altar, sent off the goat, um, and now... He had drawn the lots earlier on, drawn the lots at the time of the getting ready for the incense and so on, and now sent off the goat. Now he is coming to finish up the, with the carcasses of the ox and the goat. So he came to the ox and the goat that are burnt, because that's what you're going to do with their carcasses. Karan, he tore them open, you know, he, so he, uh, he slit, slit them open in order to take out, as we'll see, their innards. Hovahoti at Emurayim, he took out their fats and their, um, their inner organs, because this is going to be burnt on the altar. The blood was not on the outer altar, it was on the inner, um, area, but, and, but like all Korbanot, the fats and the, uh, and the, um, and the intest, uh, the, uh, you know, inner organs are burnt on the outer altar. One minute. Nasnam Bimagis, he put them in a vessel, some type of a, of a, of, of a pole. Vichirana Kavimizbeach, he burnt them on the altar. Klaan Bimaklaot, he sort of twisted them, uh, braided them, is the way Rashi says, on top of some type of a wooden frame, um, a carrying frame. And not he, but um, they, uh, literally it says he took them out, but somebody else took them out to the place that they would be burnt because, you know, things that the blood is put on the inner and in the, and, the heichal, in the inner, in the inside, not on the outer walls, but on the inside, the Torah says that you take their carcasses and you burn them outside of the Beit HaMikdash. Um, it says it specifically here. It says it in general by other animals like Parhelam Dava that we've mentioned before that the blood is run on the inside. You burn their bodies on the outside. So that's what he did. He sent them to be burnt. He didn't do it personally. Um, 
um, so same type of question we asked by when the guy who takes the goat out and runs it off the cliff when his begadim become to make because the Torah says that he, he, he and his clothes become tamay not just his begadim means he and his clothes become tamay so here too it says that the the one who burns them his clothes become tamay he and his clothes so when does that happen? very similar to what we said by the goat by the goat we said though I'll mention there we said when it leaves Jerusalem here we say as soon as it leaves the Azara although the Torah says no you are going out of Yerushalayim we'll find out that. we'll find out about that yeah it's not clear where it would be brought out but we'll find out in the what was brought out of Yerushalayim so, it's, so again by the case by the goat maybe for us it was a Chiddush that it would be before it would go over the cliff but the Pesukim don't talk about the cliff the Pesukim just say the guy who's sending it out so there we say even without going over the cliff even just going outside of Yerushalayim here the Pesukim say the one who burns it becomes Tamei and his clothes become Tamei but the Tanakam is saying even without burning it just leaving the Beit Hamikdash you become Tamei um, again a more literal approach or the more of the final step only once the fire has eased with the majority of uh, the carcass only then um, are you Tamei so more um, now I will remind you also that it is Rabbi Shimon of the previous Mishnah that says by the goat that the person only becomes Tamei when the goat goes over the cliff so there's a definite parallel that the Tanakhama says when it leaves the relevant environment when it's on the way um, and Rabbi Shimon says only when it's done when it goes over the cliff or when the carcasses are being burned even though according to the Tanakhama again there's a difference by the goat it's you're sending it Hamid Bara so that's to leave Yerushalayim this according to him just when it leaves the Azara already the person who's involved in it becomes Tamei yes Michael so I just find it interesting that he has to there is Ripping out the Amorim. It's not like he's doing that with Tamid. Is he doing that the other Musafin? Yeah, so it's a good question. It's a good question whether it means he literally does it. It does say Balo, so it sounds like he himself is doing it. Now, he is going to burn the Amorim, okay? But, right, is he himself the one getting his hands all bloody? Here he's wearing these white, gorgeous Bikte Kahuna. He's the one, he's the one going to be cutting them open. I mean, look, the, 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 uh, what's it called? The, the, not the, not the predicate. Uh, but anyway, the subject of the verb is ambiguous because when it gets to the next part it says um, literally it means and he takes them out right but it's not him so exactly whether he is the one actually cutting them open I don't know so yeah it's a very good question right it would not make any sense why he should be the one doing it he does not require it to be done by the Kohen Gadol the actual you know cutting open of them the burning of the Imurim you know is a, is a different question but right I think that that's a you know it's a very good question and again I don't know I, I would have to see if there's a discussion whether it literally means him okay so let's take a look now at the Gemara so the Gemara says the Kiran Sakadaitech it says he puts their innards in a vessel and he burns them up on the altar so much as literally you really think he's burning them up now it doesn't mean him as opposed to somebody else it means this isn't the time yet to burn them up the burning of the innards happens way at the end happens after the other Avodot after the Musaf after you take out the Kaf 
It doesn't happen now. It happens later. So what do you think? He puts it in the vessel to, uh, and burns them. He doesn't. He doesn't offer them yet. Wait, wait, why can't he offer so, them now? So, it's not he can't, but like we know from the Seder Avoda that he doesn't. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. What? I don't know, but we'll see later in the Mishnayot that this is not what happens at this time in the Seder Avoda. Okay. So what do you mean that he's doing it now? So the Gemara says, um, Don't say that he doesn't. He now offers them up. He says, he puts them in for the purpose of later burning them on the altar. But it doesn't literally mean that right now is the moment he burns them on the altar. We'll find out later that that happens at a later time. Now there's a large process here and there's a Rashi because there's a parallel Gemara elsewhere that, you quest- that the question is not are you doing it now or later but the question is why did it say you put him in a magis you put them in a um, in a bowl you don't need to use a bowl you could actually like when we talked before about cutting up the tamid and the limbs we talked about bringing the limbs directly right not with uh, not in some vessel so here you could just take the imurim in your hands and put them on the altar you don't actually need a bowl um, and the basic halacha is so anyway the, the question is is that what the Gemara is asking? You know, the Gemara elsewhere sort of asks that question. The basic halacha is that it's true. You don't need a bowl. By a mincha, when you take the comet, you have to put it in a vessel because that's part of the sanctification. Here you don't need it. Of course, here you're, 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 you're going to be waiting, you know, an hour. You're not doing it right now. So you want, what are you really going to do with it? You might not need a bowl. Well, you know, put it on the floor. So fine, you put them in a bowl to, uh, until you need them. It is true that when you actually come to put them on the fire, you don't need, like, the blood. Like, you throw it by holding the bowl. This is what that's what you do with the blood you can actually take them out and use your hand and put them on the fire but the bowl is just something you need for the interim because you're not going to be doing it right now okay I suppose you could do that anyway yeah maybe multiple trips I don't know <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So anyway, but you're not doing it right now. You're going to later offer them up on the altar. You sort of braided them, you know, and put them on a frame to carry them out. Like a braid. Okay, maybe so they just that they wouldn't slip, you know, if they're sort of intertwined, they more, gives them more surface area or whatever, you know, lets them, one thing doesn't slip through the holes. It's holding on to the other, the other animals, or the cow and the goat. Tana, tana, um, fine, can you clear? Um, tana, we tana brighter. Loyam in a tani tuach basar, basar ola. They would not, uh, dismember it like they would the meat of an ola. Ella, meaning what? What's the contrast? Or al gabe basar. By an ola, they would flay the, the skin, the leather, and that would be given to the kohanim. That would obviously be very valuable, the leather of the cow or whatever, or whatever the animal was. Here, they would burn it with the leather, they would not flay it, and they would dismember it with the leather, the, the skin, on the, on the flesh. Minani Gili, where do you know this from? Titani, Titan Brisa, Revi Omer, Nemarkan Orbsar Operash. It says here by the um, by the uh, ox and the goat of Yom Kippur. It says you burn them with their flesh, their with their skin, their flesh, and their dung. You know their excrement. The Nemar Lahalan, and it says over there. It's funny. Lahalan usually means later, but it really means elsewhere because it's actually earlier in Vayikra. It says by the two major things that we've talked about in the past that also the blood goes in the in, inside of the korbanot that are brought for a 
communal sin, either parhelam davar, based in rules and people sin and you bring a special ox, or a similar scenario, except everybody has sinned with avodah zara. That's parvasir hanasa bifnim. So it's another example, actually, interestingly, an ox and a goat, paralleling this ox and a goat. But anyway, those are, those are other korbanot that are in the end of parshat vayikra, vayikra that where it says you bring the blood on the inside and you take there and you take the meat and the bodies and whatever and take it out of the camp and you burn it. Same type of idea. Okay? So here it says you take them, the skin and the flesh and the dung. The Nemer Lalan, it says later, or ubasaru perish. It says you take the whole thing. Rashi quotes the Pasuk. It says, this or parves kobasaro al roshova al kraav ukirbo ir show. Okay, the whole thing, the flesh and the meat, the head, the legs, you know, the insides and the, and the, and the, uh, not the excrement that it's excreted, but you know, whatever, the, 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 uh, foul matter, digestive material, you take it all out. Uh, by the way, that's what he says, that's by the case by the Kohen Gadol, when he brings a, a special korban for his sin, also the blood goes on the inside, and the whole animal gets burnt on the outside. Okay? Inside meaning in the Hechal. Okay, Malhalana Yudei Nituach, they have shape. The same way there by the par Kohen Gadol, you, uh, you do it through, you dismember it without slaying. Here too with dismembering and not slaying. So the obvious question is, who told you that was true there? The Hasaminolan, where do you know that that's the case over there? To tell you, he's done on the so that pasuk by the, by the uh, ox of the Kohen Gadol, when he sins, it says, and it's uh, inner intestines and it's uh, digested matter, and you shall take them out. So you see that you take it out full, meaning because it under, understands when it's, it, it reads it like when pure show is dikirbo. You don't separate the digested matter and squeeze it out of the stomach, but while it's inside the intestine, so it's kirbo u show, the kirbo is bikirbo, and you take it out as a unit, you don't separate them. So, yago yisrefenu shalem, so maybe you burn it whole without even dismembering it. It says, take the whole thing out, right? You see, it's kol apart, so maybe you don't dismember it at all. Nemarkan rosho vikraav. No, here it says it says it says kan by an ola. It says you should you know its head and its legs by an ola. We're talking about dismembering it in the beginning of ayikra. and it says here rosho ukraav is the side change. So it says here is the head and the legs. So mala halana yidenidot. The same way by an ola, it's clear that you dismember it. So afkan ayidenituach. Here too, you cut it up into its various, uh, you know, uh, uh, limbs. Okay, ima halana yidey have shade afkan yidey have shade. Maybe the same way an ola is flayed. This is flayed. Tamud lamar. No, it just said you took it out whole. It didn't say that you didn't. Flay, you know, what do you do now that you're burning it? Maybe you flay it before you burn it. Once I learn from an Ola, you dismember it. Maybe I should also learn you flay it. So, Tamud Lamar, Upir Show. So, again, we're going back to this Kibo Upir Show. My Tamuda, where do you get anything from that? The same way the, the digested matter remains on the inside. Kach bisarobi oro, the same way it says ubasar. That's, that's called. It says what's the pasuk? Or it says that's or hapar that's kol bisaro al roshov al kirav ukirbo upiroshov vehotzi. Okay, so that's the pasuk. Pasuk five b by the par the coin gogo is what's the pasuk then? Right, that's or hapar. That's where a par. That's called the sorrow. That's called the sorrow. 
And you take it out of the camp and you burn it. Okay? So, so, so basically what we're saying is, first of all, this Allah show the al parallels the Pasuk by the Ola. By the Ola, what does the Torah say? It talks about the basic, uh, standard Ola. Case of a Yitra is the Ola. And it says, Okay, so that's that shape. This is by an Ola. Okay, that's cutting it up into slaying it and cutting it up. And then it says, what do you do? Uh, okay, it's, uh, you know, it's innards and it's yeah, So now what we are saying is the following. Because we've got, right, Roshov al-Kra'av, uh, do we have Roshov here? Well, we have Kirbo Kra'av, okay? Uh, Roshov Kra'av, where's Roshov, Rashi quotes, hold, hold on. Okay, so uh, later. And then it says, So they're not exactly right next, right next to each other. So here's what we say. Because you have Rosh and Krav here, and because you have Rosh and Krav here, you learn something from an Ola. What do you learn from an Ola? You learn Vinitach. You learn that you are going to dismember this thing that you bring outside the Beit Hamikdash. That's what we are going to learn from it, from the Ola. What are we not going to learn? We're not going to learn the Ishit. We are not going to flay this. We're going to flay that. That we are not going to flay. We'll dismember it, but we won't flay it. Why not? Because we're basically saying the same way you are keeping the perish, the, the, the undigested matter, inside of it, so, and you're taking this out as one unit, you're not separating it, you similarly are not going to separate the ore and the basar. You're going to keep that as one unit as well. Okay? So we learn from an ola that you dismember it. What we don't learn, what we, look, what we say though is you do not flay it because the same way this is understood to mean they remain together, we understand that the flesh and the meat remain together so as well. So that says about the Ola Urachat Bamayim. Right. That means that you are separating the perish? No. No, you're not... Is that, se- what, the, is that what they're doing when they're... Well, you would be, yes. Actually, that would be true. You would be doing right, that. That's but that's what they needed right. the bowls. To wash all stuff. Well, maybe, but you're putting in the bowls for later. Anyway, this is the stuff you bring outside. Let's not confuse what you bring outside and you burn outside. He took out the, in, the innards that he's going to burn on the Mizveach. Right? This is the stuff that's being burnt outside of the Beit HaMikdash. Okay? The innards are still being... are, are, are cleaned and whatever. They're going to be brought on the Mizveach. This is all the stuff that's going outside. Okay. So that's what we have. We have that you take the whole thing, the empty carcasses, the deboweled carcasses, you would take them outside, you're going to dismember them, that we learned from an Ola, but you're not going to flay them. Um, by the way, as I said, the Ola, you flay it, the Kanim gets the skin. Here, no, it's all being burnt anyway, so you do not flay it, you keep the, fl- you keep the skin on the meat, and you, and, you burn, and you burn it. It's divided, it's divided. No, it's right. Okay, so now we get to the stage when in the burning is, it go, is the person going to become Tamei. 
Let's take a look. Tanu Rabbanan, we talked. Yotziyah michutz samachanev, this sarfu. Okay, this is, you shall take them outside the camp and burn them. This is by, the case by, uh, by, uh, by Yom Kippur, by exactly our case. Okay, the, and, um, lahlan atanotin lam shalosh machanot, the kan atanotin lam machana achat. So over there, meaning again, by the classic case of the, by other cows and goats that are burnt outside, not on Yom Kippur, the case in Vayikradal that we've been talking about, like the Koen Gadol and so on, or Par Helem Davar, we're going to learn out that you burn them. The first thing we're going to be focusing on here is not when the person becomes Tamei, but where do you burn it? Okay, when it says, Yotziyah Michutz HaMachaneh, if you remember, Chazal understands that there are three camps. There's the Machane Shechina, which is where the Beit HaMikdash was, in the Torah time it's in the Mishkan. Then there's the Machane Leviyah, in the Torah time that is the Leviim, in the Beit HaMikdash time that is Harabayif. And then there's Machane Yisrael, which is the, where all the other tribes were, and in the Mikdash time that was Yerushalayim. So when it says, take it out of the Machane, we're not focusing now on too much, just where did you burn it? Take it out of the Machane and burn it. Does it mean out of the first Machane in? Take it out of Machane Shechina? Maybe you burn it on Harabayas. Just take it out of the Mikdash. Or does it mean take it out of all three Machano, take it out of Yerushalayim? That's the question. And the basic point is going to be that we're going to take for granted that things that are burnt outside, like Par Helam Dover and so on, when the, you know, in Vayikra Dalid, those things are burnt outside of Yerushalayim. Here it's not clear. And here we're going to say we learn from there that this also is burnt outside of all three camps outside of Yerushalayim. So let's take a look. Yotziyah Michutz the sarfu. So here by Yom Kippur, take it out of the camp and burn. Over there, by let's say Parhelam Davar, other cases of things burnt outside, it's outside of all three camps, outside of Yerushalayim. Here it only says one camp. So here basically, you take it right just outside of the Beit HaMikdash. So is that true? You burn it on Harabayas? So in came Laman Emer Michutz so, so if so, meaning if it's true that it's not the same, that here too we're going to learn that you need three camps, that you burn it outside of Yushalayim, why is the Torah making it sound like just take it out of the first camp, just take it out of the Mikdash? So not to tell you that you need to take it out, that you burn it on Harbayas, but to tell you as soon as you took it out of the first camp, as soon as you took it out of the Beit HaMikdash, that's when the clothes become Tamei, that's when the person involved with it becomes Tamei, okay? So is, it, is that clear what we're doing by the normal case of... by here, by the part of the year of Yom Kippur, of Yom Kippur, it says, Rosi, and then it says what? Okay, so it says Right? And then it's Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim. So when it says, so anyway, when it says take outside of the camp, so that means camp number one. 
go outside the base of Mikvah. Why? Turn it on her by it. Because it only says one calf. There's we nothing to indicate more. All right. Anyway, but what we're going to find out is that other things like par Gadol and the par Helam Davar, other cases that are in, that are speak about things that are brought, the blood is brought inside. In Vayikra Dawid, we're going to say that from there you learn out it's three camps. That it's burnt, it's burnt outside of Yerushalayim. Burn it outside Yerushalayim. So the question is, if we're going to learn from there that you burn this outside of Yerushalayim, why does it say one camp? To tell you, as soon as you leave the first camp, that's when you become Tameh. Okay? So then just say you become Tameh when you leave the camp. What can you I call, I don't have it. Okay. So that's what we learn now. Let's take a look. Okay? And how do you know that by those other cases, it's burnt outside of all three camps, it's burnt outside of Yishalayim, Titania, we turn to the Baisa. So it's again, that's over there by the Parakoin Gadol. So you take the whole, the whole ox. Outside of all three camps. You're telling me outside all three, outside Yerushalayim. Maybe it only means outside of Harabayas, and you burn outside of the base of Mikdash, you burn it on Harabayas. When it says, when it says um, that you burn it by the, uh, by the uh, I think that's Parhelim Dava, Shein Talmud Lamar. So, by, both by the case of the par of the Kohen Gadol who sins, and by the case of the par Helam Davar, it says, burn it outside of the camp. But by the case of the par Helam Davar, it says, just like you did the one of the Kohen Gadol. So if you're already telling me, just like the Kohen Gadol, why do you have to again repeat, out of the camp? That gives you two camps. So basically, what do we have? It says, by the Park Hohingado, it says, right, you burn it outside the camp. By the Park Halam Dover, it says, but it also says, right, um, what's the pasuk? The whole pasuk by this thing is, the right. Right. So basically, if you're already telling me treat them the same, why do you keep me to tell me get even further out of the camp? So we have one camp, two camps, and now we're going to get three camps. Because as Michael just told us, where did it say you burn it? It says It says El Where you pour the where you pour the ashes. And now, where you pour the ashes, so let's keep on reading. Okay? When it tells you by the ashes that you pour the ashes outside of the camp, you don't have to tell me you pour the ashes out of the camp. If it says you burn these where the ashes are poured, I can infer that you pour the ashes outside of the camp. So why when the Torah talks about the true Masadeshen taking the ashes off of the Mizbeach, does it say, spill them outside the camp? Obviously outside of the camp. I learned from these other cases that the ashes are spilled out of the camp. So why does it say again and outside of the camp? To tell me three camps. Okay, so this is express because it says do that what, what, by the, A, what you did with B. And by the Deshen, when it says, El Michutz Lamachana, by the Deshen, by, by, by the true Masadeshen, that's extra because I already know here that the ashes are out of the camp. So that's telling me a third Chutz Lamachana, so you burn it outside of all three camps outside of Yerushalayim.
Okay. That was fun. Okay. So now the question like that. That's how you know normally outside of three camps, but it says one by by our case to tell you that you even though you burn it out of Jewish alliance, as soon as you leave the Beit HaMikdash is when you become Tamed. Okay. The um it's by the Parahalim Reb Shimon Reb Shimon who says that you only become Tamei when you actually burn it why does how does he explain why it says when you leave the camp which we're understanding to mean here that when you leave the first camp you already become Tamei so what does he do with that why the Torah says when you leave the camp so to teach what we taught at the Brisa Rabbi Eliezer Omer uh, teaching of Rabbi Eliezer that he would agree with Rabbi Eliezer says Nemer Kan here it says outside of the camp and over there in Bamidbar it says what's the case over there that's the paraduma so where do you do the avoda of the paraduma how far out maybe you could do it just out of the base of Mikdash maybe you do it in Yerushalayim no the same way we know that all of these stuff is outside of Yerushalayim outside of three camps the extra here he is saying is going to teach me to link to a similar word by the paraduma that the paraduma is outside of Yerushalayim as well. No, the paraduma they did it on on uh, Harazetim and uh, the east. Oh, here I don't it's, I don't know where it was. No, 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 no. You didn't do an an act of akrav. You just burnt it, right? Yeah. So that's outside Yerushalayim. Yes, what? Um, yeah, that's a good point, right? It's not just out, outside of Harbayas. It's outside of Yerushalayim. I guess the ancient Yerushalayim would be... Uh, it's true. It's true. Okay? Um, okay. Um, yes? They get the so outside of the Kimachno, because is it Kimachno, or is that just Rabbi Shimon? Because that's Rabbi Shimon. How do the Chachamim know that you connect this? Okay, we don't know that. The Chachamim have not connected this to Saraduma. Okay, but yeah, that's a good point. I wasn't even stopping to think of it. Nowadays, it wouldn't occur to us that Harazetim is out of Yerushalayim. But, you know, the ancient Yerushalayim, when you go on those tours, you see like the Ir David or whatever. It's tiny, you know. Okay. Now we say something else, that we learn it in the reverse. Okay, that the same way the paraduma it's done on the east of Yerushalayim at Harzeti because it says you have to sprinkle the blood towards the opening of the Mizpeach so you have to be east of Harabayas in order to be looking at the opening of the Mizpeach he says where you did this burning of the, of the carcasses and the ashes would be on the east so he uses this extra word to link it to the paraduma to learn both ways paraduma is out of Yerushalayim but this is also to the east of Yerushalayim Rabbanon and the Hechisar and the rabbis the Gemara is not bothered with Michael's question which I also was wondering where do the rabbis know you do the paradum out of your shrine presumably that we get somewhere else but how about the other point where do they say you did the burning here so where did you burn it would they agree it's to the east no Kiritanya, like we saw in the bride where would they be burnt the north of your shrine why the north so as Rashi says Normally, if you have any question where you do something and you're dealing with a sin offering, you do it in the north. It's shechted on the north of the Mizbeach. North is the direction for achatas. So they say you would do it to the north of Yerushalayim. So again, what do we say? We're saying that from all these cases of the in Par we know it's burnt out of Yerushalayim. Therefore, here we know it's burnt out of Yerushalayim. 
Why does it say Michutz Lamachana, which suggests seems to be extra if we can have this linkage? Either to tell me you become Tamei as soon as you leave the Beit HaMikdash, go out of one Machana, or according to Rabbi Shimon, to link it to the Paraduma, to tell me the Paraduma is out of Yerushalayim, to tell me that this, like the Paraduma, is to the east of Yerushalayim. The Chachamim don't use it for that. They tell me you become Tamei when you leave the Beit HaMikdash. They say you would burn it not to the east, but to the north of Yerushalayim, because the basic direction of Achatus is to the north. So for the Chachamim, you would burn it here. Here you would do the Shrefa, out of Yerushalayim to the north. And according to Rabbi Shimon, you would do it here, out of Yerushalayim to the Okay. So, what? Everybody read that Sajumakos. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Rabbi Yossi says that it would be burnt on the Beis Hadeshen. Now, what's the Chiddush? We already said, you know, this is the place, Shef Hadeshen, etc. So, of course, we know this is where you burn it, where you do all the other ashes, where you pour the ashes of the Truma Hadeshen, where you would burn other korbanot that had the blood brought on the inside of the Hechal. So the Chiddush seems to is is assumed to be that uh, he's saying there has to be ashes there. You can't burn it unless there's already ashes there, okay? Because since the Torah says Shefech Hadeshen, it means not just the place where the ashes are, there literally has to be ashes. Amarava... Meaning not, like they blew away would be good? Or? No, meaning not the ashes from this, from yes, from, from the Mizbeach, from right. the, for the Truma Hadeshen, correct. Amarava, Mantana de Polygolic It's a good question. What would you do? It might be an enclosed area. You burning it? I don't know. All these carcasses? You do not want to be burning all these carcasses in an enclosed area. But for the Deshin, I mean. Yeah, maybe they just put a tarp over it. Okay, Amarava, Mantana de Polygolic who disagrees with Rebiosi and says there does not have to be ashes, literally ashes, where you burn it. It's the place you pour the ashes, but it doesn't literally have to be ashes. So, Rabbi Yehuda ben Yaakov, the Lord of Blessed ben Yaakov, the time that advised him, "O Shecha Fachadesh Nisareif, Lehei Lisham Deshen." There has to be ashes there. That's pretty clear. By the way, that's not a pasuk by para, by our case of Yom Kippur. That's a pasuk by what do you call it? By um, by the other cases, by Vayikra Dalit, by like the Parhelam Davar. But presumably, we're learning them all out from one another. So, since it's described that Shecha Fachadesh, and it means literally there has to be ashes. It doesn't mean ashes has to be there. It means it has to be uh, sloped so that were you to pour ashes, they would sort of spill down. It has to be a sloped place, even if there aren't literally ashes there. So that's the debate. How do you know that Rebbe Lezer is denying the need for ashes? Maybe Rebbe Eliezer is adding an extra criterion. You, Chachamim, say it's enough to be ashes. I say Shefach requires more than just ashes. Deshen requires ashes. Shefach requires that it be a sloped place, that where you pour the ashes, it slopes. But maybe he agrees that you require ashes. Okay? So now we know you do it outside of your Shalayim, to the north according to Chachamim, to the east according to uh, Rebbe Shimon. And we are saying that it says, it says here that you pour it Oh, Shefa Chadeshen. Did I, did I not pray for that? Anyway, you pour, yeah, Oh, Shefa Chadeshen. You pour where the ashes of the Shuma Chadeshen are. So now we are saying, does that literally mean there have to be ashes? Or is it just the place where those ashes are normally put? What about, okay, and. She's actually pouring it. So placing it down. I know. So, but. But it's not telling you the Mitzvah Tumas Hadeshen. It's telling you where. You do these parim or whatever, these things, El Shefer Hadeshen. Tanur Now we get to the idea of becoming Tameh. The one who burns it becomes Tameh. We've just said, according to the Chachamim, as soon as you leave 
as soon as you leave the base of Mikdash, as opposed to Shimon who says when you're actually burning it. So let's take a look who becomes Tamez. The one who burns them. Only the one who burns them. Or not the guy who lights the fire. Okay? So, so this, obviously we're going within the idea of Rabbi Shimon, that you only become Tamei when you actually burn them, because otherwise we'd be talking about who's taking it out of the Beit HaMikdash, okay? Um, we're talking that you actually, uh, when you actually burn it, and here saying you have to be the one who burns, not the one who does the preparatory stuff, not the one who gets the fire going. Not the one who, you know, builds up the, uh, the fire pile, the, uh, the wood. So only the guy that actually burns it. Be'ezehu has Be'ezehu has Saref who is the how do you identify the one who burns it Zem Sayyeh B'Shat Srefa it's not anybody who participates during the time of burning so not at the preparatory times so raises an interesting question what does participate mean so we put the we put the animal the carcass on the wood pile okay if you're moving around the carcass and turning it over so that it burns you're obviously Saref let's say the carcass is on the wood pile and you're adding a log of wood Right? That's also Misayeh of Shatsrefa. So it sounds like anybody who does any part of that burning, whether you're dealing with the animal or dealing with the wood pile, during the time that it's burning, then you're Sarais, then you become Tameh. Okay? Yoho Afni Shenatsu Eifer, maybe even when it becomes ashes, if you keep on burning it even after it's ashes, you become Tameh. Mitami Begadin, Tamad Lomar, Otam, the one who burns them, when they still have their identity as a carcass. Only when you, they, they, you know, there are carcass and you're burning them, with, then you become Tamei. If you continue to burn it once it's already ashes, then it already doesn't exist anymore and you don't become Tamei. Uh, oh, the, it says, when it's an ox, it, becomes, it makes you Tamei. Once the flesh has already become dissolved, it's not. So the Gemara says, "My binayu." It sounds like they're saying the same thing. Once it's ashes, it doesn't make you tame. What's the difference? So the Gemara says, "Ika binayu Harocha. No, the difference is when it's charcoal but not ashes. Right? You could have a piece of meat that's totally charred and totally black, but it's not yet ashes. So Rabbi Eliezer said, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Shimon says, "Oh, as soon as the meat is basically destroyed, you don't become tame. So even before ashes." Whereas the Chachamim say no, it has to actually become ashes in order for it to like, no longer be considered the carcass. Identified as a, as a piece of flesh. Yeah, it's a burnt piece of flesh, but it's still flesh. Only when it becomes ashes is it something different. Okay, so here, it's if you say you become Tamei when you actually burn it, not just when you relieve your Rishalayim, what is defined as burning it? A, it can't be ashes. B, you have to be directly involved with the fire and with the burning it when it's on the fire, not in doing preparatory things. By the way, although Rashi says this is going according to Rabbi Shimon, it could be going according to the Tanakhama. Even though the Tanakhama says you become Tamei when you leave Yerushalayim, <coughs> let's say one guy took it out of you and when you leave the Harbayim, when, when you leave the base of Mikdash, let's say one guy took it out of the base of Mikdash, he brought it to this place, and then other people were involved in burning it. Would the Tanakhama say that if they literally are the ones that are burning it, they don't become Tamei? The Torah says the one who burns it becomes Tamei. So presumably the Tanakhama doesn't deny that that's an, a, a time when you can become Tamei. He just says that you also become Tamei the minute you leave the Beit HaMikdash. Okay, so I don't know why Rashi says it's only going according to Rebbe Shimon. Tanakhama says the Tuma begins earlier, but presumably anybody involved in the burning of it also becomes Tamei. So yes. Thing, like almost each, you know, like, like Mutar. Because he could have said, let them have done a fire before everyone came, put on a lot of logs, it'll be a nice raging fire, though you know one's going to have 
Yeah, so that gets to the whole Hutra de Chuya question, where we tend to totally say Hutra, if it's a Korban that's done today, you know, Zmano is today. So, right. It does not discuss, by the way, this is talking not about the Yom Kippur case, it's talking about like the Parhel and Dagar. So we're talking about, I understand, but we don't know. Maybe I, maybe they didn't really tend to the fire. Maybe they just threw it on. I don't know. Okay, um, so now we move on. So now he's got this stuff. He's, he's got the Amorim that he's going to, we learned he's going to burn the Amorim later. He's, the carcasses are being sent out of the base of Mikdash through somebody else. They're going to be burnt outside of Yerushalayim. And now, um, and now we sort of get a moment of closure in terms of what else has been going on, which is the goat has been going, the other uh, goat, remember, he sent a little while ago to go over the cliff. So Amulo, the Kohen Gadol, they said to the Kohen Gadol, he gives the Yomidbar, the goat has come to the desert, the wilderness. Because, because until that has happened, if you look at Rashi, the Mishnah, he gives you Amal Kohen Gadol, She'ainu Mishayla Hatzchil Bavodach Keres, Ati Giyasi He can't begin the next stage, meaning he can finish up the goat and the ox and get their carcasses sent outside, but you can't go ahead and do something new from the goat and the oxes and that whole process until the goat gets to the wilderness. Why not? Well, we'll see in a minute. Okay, that's creating the Torah. That's the next thing. How do we know that? So even though the immediate next thing he does is not the burning of the fats, nevertheless, there's a sense you have to wait for that moment to happen before you move on. So right now, he did not really do anything else of significance, right? Cutting open their carcasses and taking out the innards is not yet an avoda. And then he got them sent to go outside. Okay, but... He's not going to do anything else now until we get done with what we're in the middle of. We get done with this aspect of this ear and he finds out that it got to the wilderness. How would he know when that moment occurred? They would make which would be like uh, um, Rashi says it means like uh, appointed people that would be standing there and they'd do a whole flag waving. It's obviously some, uh, some Greek word. Uh, does anybody have these uh, signs out? He'll tell you what the Greek word is. No? Charlie would. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, you can catch your breath for a moment while you're waiting. <laughs> Maybe, exactly. Let's see. How about the other translate? Oh, platforms is what he says. That's interesting. According to most versions of the text, the term here should be deep keyote, not deer code. The origin of the word is the Greek didokos meaning a rear guard or messengers who bring news from an army's front line. That's how Rashi reads it. Rashi reads it more as messengers. Okay, but he says maybe it also means, it could mean platforms. <coughs> okay. Right, so you can see the flag waving, exactly. So, you know, they would have people at different locations, maybe it would be the same people in the sukkahs, I don't know, who would then, then they'd wave with the flags when the goat would get, and you know, it would be like a daisy chain. One guy would wave, and then the next guy would see, and then he would wave, sort of like they sent the message of when they did the, you know, with the fires so though you don't do fires it's Yom Kippur so you know everybody sees the guy right before him down the lane and the word gets communicated all the way back to the base of Mikdash they would wave the flag the Yodim Shihir Sihir the Midbar and they knew it got to the wilderness 
No, they have a, an easier way of just telling the time. From the Yerushalayim until the place where it is, where, of its sharpness, of its like, which basically Rashi says, but you would think that means the cliff, but remember, it got to the wilderness way before it went over the cliff. Okay? So somehow this word base chidudo means, um, means the place where the wilderness begins. If you look at the side, the Yerushalmi's girsa is Beit Choron. Right, which is a place outside of Yerushalayim. Uh, where is Beit Choron located? Does anybody know? North, east, south, west? Go to Google Maps or something. Anyway, so, uh, so that would be interesting because that would tell you the direction in which they're taking the goat if we knew where Beit Choron was. Anyway, that would be considered the edge of the wilderness. So Shlosha it takes three meal to get to the edge of the wilderness. The Hochim meal. so the guys that would accompany it out of Yerushalayim, right, the guy with the goats, They'd go a meal, 2,000 amot, about a kilometer. The chosri meal, then they'd come back, they'd do their return journey. That would be two meal. The shodim kidei meal, you wait the time it takes to go a meal, which you would roughly know. The yodim and you would know, so you just estimate. You don't need direct eyewitness testimony in the waving of the flag. You just give it the time it takes to go three meals, three kilometers, and then it's already considered the beginning of the midbar. Uh, what? Northwest. Northwest, Do you have a topographic map? Is there like hot mountains in that region that they can throw it off uh, okay how far is it from Yerushalayim okay according to this it should be around three kilometers from the Harabayat but as north as Modin aha what do you think north is Modin Modin is much more than three kilometers isn't it three kilometers is like what two miles yeah, I don't know if modern day. Okay, that's modern day. Okay. Okay, anyway, he says it would be three meals, three kilometers. You would estimate it, then you would know that it got to the Midbar. It didn't go over the cliff, but it got to the Midbar. What do you mean? You don't need to guess the time. You don't need to wave the flag. You got a great siman. Now we're tying back to this, right? Remember, they would have the red string on the door of the Heichal, the opening. And then it would turn white. Now, of course, we learned that in certain times it didn't turn white when it was, you know, when the people weren't deserving or the claim God wasn't deserving. We learned that it didn't remain by the doorway. They put it on the goat or they put it behind the doorway. But anyway, at least referring to a time when it did turn white and when it was on the doorway, he says, then you would know. And again, notice, although it hasn't gone over the cliff, it just got to the Midbar. That's the moment when the Bagadim become Tameg. That's the moment when it's considered Naset Mitzvato. The basic mitzvah is done. And that's also when the, um, when the Kohen Gadol can begin the next stage, which is what the Gemara says. Amar Baish, Mami no Beis Chidudo Ba Midbar. We hear that Beis Chidudo means the, it's in the wilderness, or it means the beginning of the wilderness. Again, he doesn't tell us what the word Beis Chidudo means. Um, again, according to the Yerushalmi, it's the Beis Choron. It's much more significant. It's telling us that already begins, or presumably after you leave begins the wilderness. It's located in the wilderness. The Hakamash Mulan is also telling me, because of Rebbe Yehuda, people take out Rebbe Yehuda, because Rebbe Yehuda, you know, he might, it's not really debated what we learn from Rebbe Yehuda. That although you're supposed to push it off the cliff, and although, as we said, maybe your yot say the avoda once you do the vidoy, okay, bidiyavet, but to say you did the mitzvah, shilur chasa'ir, and you got the atonement, that's once it gets to the wilderness, even before it goes over the cliff. 
So now we are shoot, the same way the coin Gadol could take a moment break waiting for the year to get to Midbar take a breath realize that we just went through what we see as the focus of the Avodah the whole Avodah that we say in the davening from the taking of the Ketoreth to the you know you shech the par you do the scooping of the ketoret you do the blood you do the burning of the ketoret excuse me that's you know the main, you know the big focus of the bringing of the ketoret inside you do the blood of the cow you do the blood of the goat uh, inside on the on the parochet and you spill it on the base of the altar you uh, I'm, excuse me um, you spill out the base you know you do it on the on the golden mizbeach you spill at the base of the altar you start you, you get the carcasses on their way out of Yerushalayim ready to be burnt you have the innards ready to bring up later and now the Seir has gotten to the wilderness now we take a break and now we can get on to the next stage so we now turn to the Mishnah for now the new stage now that all of that avoda is done so the Kohen Gadol came now to read from the Torah if he wants to read in his linen garments the one he's been doing the avoda in Big Kuna correct he can't and if he doesn't want to use those same nice linen garments, Kore be each delete Lavan Mishalo, he can use his own white tunic. Now, exactly. Yep, he would change that. Yeah, he could change out. Uh, yeah, he, well, based on the debate of when you do the Kiddush Shadim he would do it. Now, Chazan Knesset Noto Sefer Torah. Now, the the Chazan of the synagogue. What synagogue? Where, where where is this happening? So Rashi says that there was a synagogue. If you look at Rashi, Beit Knesset, about eight lines down from the new from the beginning of the new parak, he says, "Hi Beit Knesset, hi Samuch Over there on Temple Mount, they had a little show pretty ironic, right? Because we're always told about the shuls as being a substitute for the base on Mikdash. Then you got the base on Mikdash right there. Oh, but it's very nice. I got the base on Mikdash. I got to catch Mincha. All right, so there's a little shul right there at our base. You catch a Mincha, then you go whatever. All right, so they had a little shul. So, but it's shocking though. The Kohen Gadol is leaving the base on Mikdash. Right there in the middle of Yom Kippur, of the Avoda, right? I always imagine that he is, Rashi says it was Chutz, it was, No, but the Chazanah Knesset is going. That's where the Beit Knesset was. Oh, which Knesset are we talking about? But not that the Kohen Gadol is actually yeah. there. Uh, okay, you could be right. You could be right. We did have an idea before of this, you remember, about somebody sitting on the Kohen Gadol, where it sounded like he also left the uh, Beit HaMikdash. Okay? Right, 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 right. Right, 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 right. Look, yes, 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 yes. That's true. Okay, by the way, in terms of when does he do the washing of the hands if he changed his clothes, that's the next mission. All right. Anyway, we'll have to discuss where he did this. Okay. It wasn't for was it? No, anyway. So anyway, whatever that local base on uh, basement is, base on Knesset is, so the Chazin would, um, uh, Knesset, no to say for Torah, would take a say for no to the Rosh Knesset, give it to the president. You see, they had presidents of the show, even then they really did. We know that by archaeology and inscriptions that they had these presidents. Although Rashi says the president is what we would call the Gabai. Rashi says, Rosh Knesset, Alpiv Nechtachim Tzorchei HaKneset. Mi Mafir, Mi Pars Ashma, Mi Oreliz Nehateva, gives out the honors, okay? Uh, but anyway, but okay, the head of the synagogue, we actually, what, there's a Greek term, Arcos synagogus or something we find on inscriptions okay the Rosh HaKnesset knows no God he gives it to the to the uh, to the vice Kohen Gadol the Afghan knows no Kohen Gadol so there's all this whole big build up and climax of getting the Sefer Torah passing it through going to the Kohen Gadol the Kohen Gadol Omeda Mechabel he receives it the Kohen Akhremos 
the Asur. He reads the Psukim of Achwemos, the Avod of Yom Kippur, and the Ach Asur, which is um, it, which is in Emor, which is the paragraph of the Musaf. The Sefer Torah. Uminicho he, 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 he scrolls it up, he puts it in his chest, it was small, presumably. So he has it clearly, it's closed, it's, he's not looking at it, he's done. It's very obvious he's done. So Mare, and he says, More than I have just read is written here. Obviously, it's a big, it, there's a lot in the Torah, but no, he's saying it because of the next pint. And the other place where the Torah talks about the Musaf, which is the Pazuk Be'asur Lachodesh in Bamidbar, in Pinchas, right? Pinchas is a major place where there's a lot, uh, where there's the Musafim. So then, Kore Alpeh, he reads that outside, not from the Sefer. So that's why, right, it would be Tirchad Itzibur, it's one thing to go from one part of Ayikra to the next, we'll talk about it anyway, but to go from the sort of mid of Ayikra to the end of Bamidbar, to do the whole rolling, that's Tirchad Itzibur, so he just says it out loud, but that's why he makes it obvious he's closing it and he's reading it Alpeh. Don't think, right, that I am, you know, that, that this Parsha is written right next to this other Parsha. You know, I'm reading this to Alper. He makes that announcement, and then he says that last section from Timothy. Okay, right. Anyway, the Omer, okay, fine. And now, Umevarach Alash Mona Brachot. He says eight brachot after reading the Torah. What does he say? Al Torah, right? Asher Natan Lan Tarzamet. The Al Havodah by the Avodah, which basically is a type of a Ritzay, except our Avodah. He just finished the Avodah. Okay? So Rashi says it ends, the way we end Ritzay when we have Birchas Kohanim. The Al Havodah, giving thanks, okay, which Rashi quotes a Pasuk where we learn out that after the Avodah follows a thanksgiving for God giving us this opportunity. Okay? The Al-Mukhilat Avon, which is obviously a focus of the whole Avodah. Muzati, if you look at Rashi, Mokhel Lavanosein of Yom HaKippurim, Melech Mokhel Vesolech Lavanosein of Lavanos, a Mokhel Vesolech Israel. So Rashi is drawing on our current liturgy, and is the, that is the bracha of God forgiving us on this Yom Kippur. Val HaMikdash Bishneatmo, that God should continue to dwell in the Mikdash. Rashi says the Chatima would be Baruch Shabachah Bamikdash. Yes, these are Baruch Atah Hashem, and these are just the the the, the category, the to, the topic of the bracha. We're not saying Hashem in Parash. No, presumably that's good to have. Presumably not. The Al Yisrael Bishneatzman for Yisrael that God should be, be good to them or forgive them. Presumably be good because we already said about the forgiving of sin. The Al Yisrael Bishneatzman, the Al Yerushalayim Bishneatzmo, God should continue. You know, you should can dwell in Yerushalayim. The Al Kohanim Bishneatzman. It's interesting. Kohanim is separated from Yisrael by Yerushalayim. Again, that old question of whether Kohanim are seen as part of the Beit Hamikdash or not. So here, a special bracha just for the Kohanim after mentioning um, the after mentioning after the bracha of Yerushalayim. Rashi says the bracha would be Shabachar Bizaro Shel Aharon. Okay, um, the Alshar the Alshar Hatzila and on the rest of the prayer, we'll see what that means. Um, so we'll see what that means. The person who sees the Kohen Gadol being, um, reading will not be able to see the burning of the parents here. It's not like you're not allowed to witness both. They were, right, one was out of Yerushalayim, one was right there on our bias. 
and they took place simultaneously. So you can't be in two places at once. That's the old problem about dancing at two weddings. So what I want to start with talking about tomorrow, and here, is the question, what was the purpose of this Kriyat HaTorah? Why is it assumed that now there is a Kriyat HaTorah? We will pick up, that's not in the Gemara, but I want to discuss that. We'll pick up with that first thing tomorrow. That's true, especially if you're reading what you did, it's kind of always 